Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so excited to have you. We're grateful you're here. And happy Monday. We're recording this on Monday because, well, we love Mondays and we hope you do too. And regardless of what day you listen to this, we hope it adds value to your life. Now, today we're going to be talking about spending, but maybe not in the way that you're used to. And we'll start with a story. Um, often I'll get parents that come up to me. They know I talk about this money stuff and I, I as a youth group leader, I, I, I'm always talking to the youth about uh, some of these topics. And so I have parents that come up to me occasionally. It's probably happened, I don't know, maybe a dozen times. And the parent will say, hey, Travis, my kid is so good with money. They don't spend anything. They save everything. They're so good with money, unlike their siblings who are spenders. And as they're saying this, all I can think about is that's toxic. That is a toxic mindset, and that's really toxic behavior. Because the truth is, we need to be able to spend. Spending is healthy. Sure, we also need to be able to save and we need to be able to give, but we need to be able to do all three. And, and we have this thing in our culture where giving is godly, saving is, is, is wise, and spending is irresponsible. And I think we have it so wrong. And this idea that spending equals bad, I think is also why budgeting just gets a bad rap. Nobody likes the idea of budgeting. Whenever I start talking about budgeting, I see a collective eye roll and I hear a collective groan from the audience because they, they think about sp budgeting as stop spending, quit spending, spend less. And I think, that's, I think that's the wrong way to look at it. Budgeting isn't about spending less. It's about spending better. We should be able to spend. We need to plan our spending and it needs to be a healthy thing in our life. But I also need to caveat, spending can't make us happy. Money can't make us happy. Spending money can't make us happy. It can add value to our life. It definitely can, and it does. But it can't inherently make us happy. When we can't save, we become irresponsible. When we can't give, we become selfish. And when we can't spend, we become hoarders. That's just the way it works. And we don't see it like that, but as we fast forward down that path, if we go down one of those paths or two of those paths, depending on how we're wired, it can be really unhealthy. And when we hear over and over and over again that spending is bad, it can mess with us psychologically and behaviorally. And, and it reminds me of one story that's it's a little bit of an extreme story, but I think we can relate to this. I met with a family. It was, it was before COVID. It was before all of that. And I met with them. They were thinking about maybe getting some coaching from me. And as we're talking, I'm asking them some questions. You know, how much debt do you have? What about your income? And what does life look like? And one of the things they revealed to me was they hated their jobs. Now, they were super high-paying jobs, but they just weren't happy. Um, he wished that he could have done some ministry with some kids. That's what he wanted to do. And she wanted to stay home with the kids, with her kids. And that's, that's what their, their respective dreams were. But instead, they had these two pretty high-paying jobs, and they were just living a very normal life life. And we got to um, some, more, some more depth about their situation. And one of the things they said to me kind of in passing was they told me they have a million dollars in their savings account, I mean, in, their, in their checking account. Yes, a million dollars in their personal checking account. And I, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. 
you have a million dollars in your checking account? And they're like, well, yeah. And I said, show me. Could you, could you show me? And, 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 I, and so they pulled out their banking app on their phone and they opened up and they're like, oh, sorry, we misspoke. It's 1.2 million. They had 1.2 million in their checking account. And, and so in that moment, I'm a little dumbfounded. I'm a little, little discombobulated because they're over here talking about how they're not happy and, and they don't have money. They don't have money to spend, and they can't leave these jobs because they need to pay for college. They need to pay for this and that. And I'm like, you have a million dollars in cash in your checking account, and they couldn't get there. They couldn't emotionally get there because from this conversation, they had turned into hoarders. They had been told their whole life that spending is bad, and that the only way to create security is to save. But they never felt secure, so they kept saving and saving and saving and saving. Here we are now with a million two in their checking account. That's what happens when we go down that road. Sometimes we can't, we can't exit. It's so important that we learn how to spend in a healthy way. And our culture is not helping us with this. Our culture either says, you should just spend everything, YOLO, like just go for it. And then the other side of the culture says spending is bad. You should be saving everything. So it's important that we do find a way to spend healthy because spending can and should be a good thing. So how do we do that? How do we spend in a positive way? So there's six things. Number one, we need to spend our values. Spend our values. Now, that might feel like Captain Obvious here. You need to spend on things that are important to you. But if you think about it, we often spend on things that are important to us. Maybe the car we drive, maybe the house we live in, uh, maybe the clothes we wear. We're influenced by commercials, we're influenced by social media, we're influenced by our neighbors, we're influenced by what society says people like us should do. And so we often fall into this trap and we don't even know it. And we never know it, we never see it, we never recognize it because we're just busy trying to be normal. And it reminds me um, of a young single female uh, client of mine and we started doing this coaching thing, and, and she, was, she was pretty frustrated. She was pretty, pretty heartbroken over the way that life was going for her. Now, she had a pretty decent job for being young, and she, she drove a really nice car, and she lived in a really nice apartment, and she was living the life that everyone said she should live. But here's the thing. She said, Travis, all I want to do is travel. And she said, and I don't have any money to travel. And I feel like I'm just watching my young years go. They're just they're floating away, and I'm not traveling. And that's all I've wanted to do is travel. And so we started talking about it. And I said, what about that car? And, she, and I said, do you love your car? And she goes, well, it's a nice car, but I don't really care about cars. She also had a $500 car payment. And I said, okay, what about this, this apartment that you're in? Do you love that? And she goes, it's nice, but I don't really care. She's like, I'm not there. She goes, I'm out with my friends, and I'm... I'm visiting family and I want to be doing stuff. She goes, I really don't care. In that apartment, and I can't remember the number, but um, it was more than 1500 bucks, which was a lot for that city. And so I said, well, why are you spending over $2,000 on these things then? And she said, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? And, and it was kind of this, there was silence. And, and I asked her, what do you mean by that? And she goes, I thought I was supposed to have a nice, reliable car, and I thought I was supposed to have a nice 
apartment in a nice part of town. That's what I thought I was supposed to do. That's what everyone around me told me I should be doing because I have a good job. And that indeed is how it works. That was normal. That is normal. And so she was doing what the culture around her was telling her to do. And so I challenged her and I said, and I, I asked her, I said, if these things are not important, why not get rid of them? Why not do that differently if all you really want to do is travel? And I didn't know what she was going to do with that. And she came back to our very next meeting and she said, Travis, I sold my car. And she said, when my lease runs out, I'm, I'm going to move apartments. And she did. And then the other thing happened. She started traveling. And she's gone to Europe about four times a year since then. Europe and elsewhere. Traveling is at the heart of, of who she is and what she does and the rhythm of her life. And it adds so much value and richness to her journey. And now she's living into her values. And some of us need to make a similar decision. And maybe it's not travel, maybe it's not travel, maybe it's something else. I have another coaching client. They, the first meeting we had, um, the wife, very sheepishly, she said to me, you're, you're going to tell us this is really bad, but we spend 2000 a month dining out. And, and, and I said, well, that's, that's a lot. Um, that's not what I would do, though I love dining out. But I asked him some questions, and as we kind of meandered through that conversation, here's what happened. We realized this adds a lot of value to their life. There's something about going out to a nice restaurant, experiencing new food, having a bottle of wine, sharing it with friends, bringing friends along to these experiences. It creates richness in their life and in their relationships. It's a value add in their life. And they, they weren't into cars. They weren't into houses. They weren't into travel. This was their thing. And by the time the conversation got done, we thought, no, this is, this is good. This is a positive for them. And so they do. Now they embrace it, and they don't, they don't look at it sheepishly like maybe they did before. And I was talking to a youth group kid. It was a long time ago, and this, this kid is now a grown adult. And man, I remember we were talking about what your spending says about you. And he said, he said to the group, we were in a little small group setting, and he said, I just spend all my money on gas and fast food. He goes, that feels pretty irresponsible. And I asked him, well, th dig deeper. What does that say about you? And he said, well, it means that I like spending time with friends. He goes, I live in a different town, and I like to travel to go see my friends that are a few towns over. And he says, and we like to go out and have food. We like to go to, we go to Taco Bell, and we go to... We go to Chipotle, we go to these places, and we just hang out. And I thought, well, that's your values. Your values say that you want to spend time with people that are important to you, whether that's family, whether that's friends. And, and, and knowing him as well as I did, that was, in fact, true. He thrived in the community of others. And then you know, maybe a little personal story. I have people in my life, um, they, they, they'll criticize our babysitting budget. So right now, my wife and I, we spend, I don't know, probably 400 a month on babysitting. And some people are like, that's a lot of money to, to, to waste on, you know, giving to a, a, a teenager to watch your kids. And I always respond, it's not to give to a teenager to watch my kids. It's an investment in my marriage. Having a babysitter gets Sarah and I away from the kids for, for a night or for a few hours so that we can go have a dinner out with friends, so we can go do these things. It's important to us. 
It's important to our marriage. And so we're going to prioritize that. So I don't look at it as spending $400 for a teenager to watch our kids. I look at it as I'm investing in my wife in our marriage. And so we need to figure out what are our values. We need to make sure we lean into that. Number two, we need to make sure that we're also giving and we're saving. We can't just spend, we can't spend all of our money. That is irresponsible. We have to be able to save for future needs. We have to be able to be generous. We have to bless others. We have to give to people and expect nothing in return. Those are important. So important. So we need to make sure there is a balance there. That is so important. And, and so that, it's up to each of us in our own, in our own paths, and our own situations to figure out what is that balance. And we'll talk more about saving. We'll talk more about giving in future episodes. But it's important that we have all three. Number three, this is controversial, I think, but we shouldn't use debt. Debt is not a blessing to us. We're, we, debt, we talk about debt as a tool and it's a wealth building thing. And, and honestly, you're just, you're leveraging your, your family, you're leveraging your freedom, you're leveraging your life. And so I would say, let's not use debt to spend on fun things. Because the reality is debt steals from our future self so that your current self can have what it wants. But the problem with that is someday your current self will be your future self. And if you've robbed from that future person, that future person is not better off. And so I always use the example of, of a car payment. We often will walk in, we'll, we'll see this fancy car, and we'll say, oh my gosh, I want this car, and we'll go in. All we have to do is sign the dotted line. It's only 500 bucks a month, and we walk out with the car. But the problem with this is, is that it's $500 every single month, maybe five, maybe six, maybe seven years. And that's, that's money every month that could have been used for something else. Think about what you could do with $500 a month every month if you didn't have that car payment. That's a lot. For some of us, that's the difference between traveling and not traveling. Or maybe, maybe it's a wardrobe, or maybe it's being able to give to this amazing organization. There's so many things. So for some of us, it's, it's, it's our retirement. For some of us, it's our kids' college. But it's so vitally important. So yeah, we should enjoy these things. We should spend, but the debt is not going to be a blessing. And, and I've come to enjoy cars more than I used to. I, we still don't drive fancy cars. Um, we never have, and we, prob we probably never will. But I've always wanted a Nissan Z convertible stick shift. I've always really wanted one, all the way back to when my wife and I were dating. And there was a few times in life where I was about to buy one. And... And we saved up and, and we were about ready to buy a used one with cash and life happens. Uh, the first time I was about ready to buy one and we had the money, we saved and we saved and we saved and we were going to buy one. And then we got the call that we were going to become parents to two little baby boys. And as we got that call, best day of our life. But I also realized, uh-oh, that car's not going to happen now. And we ended up using that money to buy my wife um, a little SUV so we could fit both kids in the car. And then fast forward a few years, I was about ready to do it again. We had saved again, and we were going to buy a different car, and that's when I resigned from my prior career, and we launched into what I do now. And I thought to myself, it can wait. It needs to wait. This isn't the responsible thing right now. So 
I still really want a Z convertible stick shift. It's gonna be so much fun when I do, but I'm not gonna use debt to get it. And we'll get one that I can afford and it will be a blessing and it will add some value to our life. And my kids always talk about wanting a race car. And so I guess that will be our race car. Number four, we need to create intentionality in our spending. We need to put it in a plan. We need to put it in the budget. We need to prioritize it. We can't make spending leftover. We can't say, oh, if there's money left over, then we'll go do this thing. We'll go, we'll go on a trip or we'll go buy this thing or we'll, you name it, whatever that thing is you want to prioritize in your life. No, it has to be a priority. We have to make it happen. And so we need to treat it as, as a bill. We need to treat it as like the electric bill. We need to treat it like our rent or our mortgage. We need to be able to put it in the budget and say, this matters because it does matter. And then we need to follow through with it. When we put it in our budget and we say, we're going to spend, I don't know, $400 this month on dining out. Then we best go spend $400 on dining out. We can't say we're going to spend $400 on dining out and then find ways to justify not spending it because we could better use it elsewhere. Sure, there's always something we can do with the money. We could give it. We could invest it in retirement. We could put it in our kids' college fund. Sure, we could do all those things, but we have to make it a priority. If we say we're going to spend something on something that adds value to our life, then we have to go spend it. And here's a little trick. If it's a larger purchase, say, for example, this, this car that someday maybe I'll buy. We have to create a sinking fund. We have to create a separate savings account. Name it car. Name it travel. Name it Apple Watch, whatever it is, and say, this is important. And then in our budget, we'll assign money to it. And then we actually take the money and we put it over there. So every month, I'll have a line item for travel and we'll take that money and we'll move it over to our travel account. Now we haven't traveled much in the last year with COVID, but when we're able to go back over to Asia, we'll have the money and then we'll go travel because it's important. We prioritize it. So we need to have the intentionality in our spending and, and, and actually follow through as if it's important because it is. Number five, we need to prioritize experiences over things, memories over stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with stuff. We, we can have some cool things, cool technology, cool toys, cool clothes. That's okay. But stuff will be in a landfill soon. And I got a phone a couple of years ago, and when I got this, this Apple phone, this iPhone, it, it was awesome. It was state of the art. Now I'm looking around at some of my friends and, and the newest iPhone they have. Mine looks like an antique this brand new, shiny, state-of-the-art phone, it's going to be in a landfill soon. And I just know that. It's fleeting. Stuff can be fleeting. And eventually it's going to be in a landfill. But memories? Memories last a lifetime. Nobody can take a memory from you. When you spend money on experiences, nobody can ever take that away from you. And this is something I think the younger generation inherently knows. I used to be more in the stuff camp and I've kind of come back around realizing that memories are better than stuff. But I think this younger generation is embracing this idea that, that experiences matter. And, and I think about the story, um, my friend Nick, um, he, lives, he now lives out in Charlotte. And he called me one day several years ago and he said, uh, he said, Travis, um, I'm about ready to have my first kid. And he said, and he said, 
There's something I've always wanted to do, and I'm scared if I don't do it now, we're never going to do it. He goes, he goes, remember when we talked about going, going to an NBA game and sitting courtside? And uh, he's a big Mavs fan. He loved Dirk Nowitzki. He loved the Mavs. And he said, Travis, will you fly down to Dallas with me, and we're going to go courtside to a Mavs game? And I'm like, man, sign me up. I, and I don't know what it's going to cost, but let's figure it out. And so we did some homework, and he, he researched it, and he found some courtside tickets. And so we booked this trip. We saved up for it, and we went. And we sat, man, we sat right on the court, right on the court. And we, got, we gave fist bumps to Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Terry and Vince Carter. And it was amazing. It was something I will never forget. And here's the thing. I don't remember how much we spent on it. I don't remember today, but I remember those memories. I remember those memories. And we both have kids now. We both have multiple kids. And we haven't spent a lot of time together since then. Life's been crazy. And I cherish the memories that we made together that weekend in Dallas. And and nobody can ever take those away from me. And I have no idea how much we spent on it. And, And we saved up for it, and we did it. And so memories matter, and, and no, don't ever discount that. Number six, this is the last one, we need to enjoy it. Spending is worthless if we don't actually go enjoy it. No guilt, no regrets. We, we can't worry about what others think, and we can't think about the other things we could have done with this money, because that will drive us crazy. There's always something else we could do with the money. You know, if we're saving money in retirement, we could easily think, well, I could be booking a trip with this money, or I could be putting it in my kid's college fund. We need to put it in the budget and then do what we say we're going to do with it and then never second guess it. We need to go enjoy the money and let it be what it is. And some of us really struggle with with guilt and regret and self-talk. And if that's you, just know you're not alone. It, but it doesn't have to be that way. We shouldn't have guilt if we're doing it the right way. If you follow these six steps, you should not feel guilt in your spending. Because it should add value to us. It should add richness and should help provide some more meaning in our overall journey when we do these fun things. It should. Money's never going to make us happy but it can provide some richness and and some fulfilling memories and and some cool stuff along the way. And so I hope, I hope that spoke to you. I hope that, that if you were maybe in the camp of thinking that spending was irresponsible, I hope after you listen to this, maybe you think differently and maybe you, you'll look at spending a little bit better next time. No guilt, no regrets, and just recognize it is a good thing if it's done well. So That's all I have for you today, guys. I hope you enjoyed. And if you'd like to connect with us outside of this podcast, you can find our YouTube channel. Um, You can find Meaning Over Money, the financial course where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And of course, you can also find Meaning Over Money or me, Travis Shelton, um, on Instagram. And so we'd love to find you there. And, um, And if you have any questions or you'd like to connect with us, reach out to us, DM us. You could even email us at meetingovermoneypodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Take care, guys.